0: Happy Sabbath. I want to thank everybody that uh, has been very kind to help this service today to be the way it is. And I want to thank my sister here for being very kindly playing the organ so I can sit back and put the sermon together. But I want to thank Brother Suri. From last week, me and him, he worked with me a lot. And if Isaac, Isaac, mom, I call her one day because I want to put some slide inside and the computer could not work out. So I have to call mom and then she connected me to Isaac. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank for the song, you know, nice songs and nice voices. We have a very important subject to us today, Pargamo. And before we begin this, let's have a, uh, a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we are nothing without you. And if it was not Jesus Christ, this planet would be reduced to nothing. But because of his blood and his sacrifice, we can still come before you and plead for repentance and forgiveness. We want you to be in our midst today as we are going through this tough subject that we hear your voice. We are poor sinners battling with Satan. We need you to be in front of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, hmm. before L three hundred is, paganism was identified in its open. State. I mean, Pagan were known because they were open. But, when you come to the third church, the first church is Ephesus, the second church is Smyrna, the third church is Pergamum. here, we are going to start this today. And, Revelation 1 verse 1, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy, And keep these, those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, in the book of Revelation, Jesus himself is putting a blessing. When Jesus does something and he says, I blessed, he blessed the Sabbath. But in the book of Revelation, he says, blessed is anyone who will take time to read prophecy. 12, 22, 18 to 19. For I testify unto every man that hear the words of the prophecy of this book. If when a man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophets, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So again, God is putting a blessing, which means there is something serious which this book reveals. In the book of Revelation is where all the Bible prophets meet together. And Revelation and Daniel is, is revealing something, the, the, uh, the, 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 the false system that will counteract the truth of Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 22 verse 6. And he said unto me, the saying our faith went true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servant the thing which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the say of the prophecy of this book. Which means today, in twenty first century, we need to occupy our time studying the Bible. Studying the prophecies and see what is there. That is the duty. And who is speaking this? This is none other than Jesus himself is saying, blessed. Which means this book may have some difficult passages. But if we study, we pray, the Holy Spirit, little by little, will help us to understand. Now, Revelation 1, 19 and 20. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery, key word, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Now, the mysteries of the seven stars. So we need to understand the mysteries that are in the seven stars, which means each church in the Christian history has a lesson for us today. And it is very vital than ever before because the battle which we are fighting today is more difficult than what they fought before. We'll see here. In, uh, we'll see it here in, in, in a, a minute. Now. Revelation 1, 12 verse, uh, uh, Revelation 2, verse 12 and 13a. And to the angel of the church in Pergamon write, These things say he which has the sharp sword with two edged. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where certain city is. Key word. Why is Jesus in saying in the church of Pergamon? That's where Satan's throne is. We need to unravel that today. And thou hold fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in, in those days where an Antipas was my faithful martyrs, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. In the church of Pergamo, just say, Satan dwelleth. Why? We need to understand that today. Now, how many are familiar with the Taylor bunch? Taylor G Bunch how many people are familiar with him how many people are familiar with the Taylor G Bunch well he was an L Seventh Day Adventist he was born in 1885 he died in 1969 he was one of those pioneers of the Adventist who wrote about the book of revelation he was one of the church founder writers who wrote a lot about this church. They fought the battle about this church. The doctrine of this church like the judgment. The sanctuary. Taylor G. Bunch. He, wrote, he has books which speak about the Exodus. How the 7th Day Adventist movement can be typed with the Israel. But today we will quote him. In his book, the seventh epistles of Christ. The city of Pergamum was built on named by, okay. The city of Pergamo was built and named by I I don't know how to pronounce that the and Greek son after the fall of Troy in 20th century before Christ, making it one of the oldest city of Asia and of the world. Ephesus, Mina, and Pergamo were rivals for first place among the cities of the providence, and also of Asia Minor. That is the structure of the city. It was an exalted city. The name also indicates union as through marriages. Those are key words. Because of its natural defense, the city of Pergamo was considered an impregnable stronghold. The only way it was ever captured was by strategic. In Pergamo, Lysimachus disposed of his treasure, a value of one, ten million, because he considered it a safest place in his kingdom. So this was such a very powerful city. It was a strongest city that contained the affairs of the Caesars. Because of the great library which it, uh, uh, which it accorded, Plata contained uh, 200,000 volumes. It was second only to the world-famous library of Alexandria. These libraries caused a long and bitter rival between the two cities. Egypt, in order to curb the growth of the Pergamon library, withheld the shipment of Pyprus, the ancestor of paper. To meet the emergence, the Pergamonians dressed the skins of animals on which to do the writings, calling the new writing material Pergamos and later parchment. The rival between the two cities ended when Anthony removed the Pergamo library to Alexandria as a gift to Egyptian Queen Cleopatra with whom he was infatuated. So, the the library of Pergamo was moved to Alexandria. And we will see that he, why is Jesus saying that that's where Satan dwell? It is because there were things which were done in Alexandria before it was destroyed by Christ, by Christianity, which today, it has influenced Christianity and maybe almost many people are not aware of. Now, the history of Pergamo. the history of Pergamo can be traced back into 5th century before Christ. It is superior in the leadership in Asia beginning in 282 BC. It was the capital of the kingdom of Pergamo under the Attalid king. Attalid bequeathed his capital and his kingdom to the Romans in the year 133 BC and they formed it into the province of Asia. So the last king of Pergamo was Attalid. And Atalus, when he was about to die, he relinquished his title, his vestment, to the Roman Caesar. So, when we talk about Pergamon, we are talking about the transition from the government political to come together to the Romans, which finally will be married, will find the Roman system. Now, for 250 years, Pergamon was the official capital of the province. It was also the city of the, communal, uh, the commune of Asia. From Pergamo, the decrees of the Caesar were executed through the province. The power of life and death, and this power was vested in the proconsul of the province who lived at Pergamo. The governor wielded the sword of Rome from this impregnable fortress. This was such a, a powerful city. According to Pliny, this is a Roman historian, Paragam was also the seat of the Roman Supreme Court. To this city, prisoners were brought for trial from all parts of the province, and were threatened by the power that ministered life and death to all. Now, the capital of the province was also the head court of the pagan religion. Now here we come to the crack of the matter. Here, was the head of the pagan religion and why we'll have to find it of the province for all ancient nation church and state were united you see that today the ruler of the state was also the head of the religion of the state satan is called the prince of this world and the god of this world and he attempted to pattern all earthly kingdom after his own He has ruled the world through human government, which he has controlled by means of his false and counterfeit system of religion. So, Pergamon, it was the center of heathen worship. Now, Pergamon was a city of the heathen temple and a pantheon of pagan deity. Jupiter was said to have had his origin there. And to him and the other Greek and Roman gods were erected in many beautiful and costly temples, giving it the name of the city of the temple. It was the metro of the heathen idiots. Temples were built and dedicated to Jupiter, Zeus, Athens, Dionysius, and Ascopalos, the Greek god of medicine, and he also called the god of Pyramid. It was also the center of emperor worship. In AD 29, a great temple was erected to the worship of Augustus Caesar, who was to be prayed to as Lord Caesar. Dominician decree that all people should address him as our Lord and our God. Paragamo contained a sacred grove called the Glory of the City, which his name belonged to. You can see all these names. Belong to Jesus Christ. The city was known as the temple keeper. Who is the temple keeper? Jesus Christ. And temple warden. Who is the temple warden? When you read the book of Acts, Sister White say, Jesus Christ is the temple warden. He watches the temple. He watches his people. Hear the counterfeit system say the temple warden. Of the gods of the paganism, it was the seat of the imperial church and the symbol of the Rampeti Paganism. So, the temple of Zeus was the most celebrated of the temple of Pergamon. And was dedicated to Ascupelas, the serpent god, or god of healing. It was also known as the temple of Asclepius, who was called the Great Physicians. Who is that? Who is great physician? And the Savior. He was also given other titles showing that he he was a counterfeit of Christ. In this temple, a living serpent was kept and worshipped. Do we have that today? Or is dead? Do we have living serpent worship today? Go and search out and you'll find it. Serpent worship was universal in in Pergamon. That many coins have been found with a picture of a serpent intertwined around a pole. Do we have that sign today? Okay. It is unfortunate that this pagan emblem of healing has become the caduceus of the modern medical profession in the temple of Zeus, Many miracles of healing were supposed to have been performed in connection with this temple was also a famous school of medicine. So here things have begun which today run the world. Now Bacchus the god of wine and Venus the goddess of lust were also worshipping Pergamon. Their, their Pergamon reign supreme with all it is in pure and licentious right. Satan's throne was there. Now why Pergamon was like this? This quote is very important because this quote here link us during the time of Pergamon to the Babylonian when Cyrus captured the city of Babylon this is a very interesting quote the ancient city of certain counterfeit system of religion the supreme pontiff of Chaldean mystery and his routine of priests fled from the city and immediately made their presence in pergamon so when Cyrus captured the city of Babylon during the time of Belteshazzar, the counterfeit system really did not die. They escaped. Remember, they were the ones who were harborers of money. They controlled the money, so they were able to escape when they ran away. And where did they end They ended their residency in Pergamon. Here, they reestablished established their Babylonian worship and made the king of Pergamon, the chief pontiff of their religion. Now, when Atalus, the last Pergamo king, the last of their priestly kings died in 133 BC, he bequeathed both his royal and his priest office to, uh, to the Romans. A century later, Caesar became both emperor of Rome and Pontifex Maximus of the religions of the empire. He was given divine honors, which he handed down to his successors. These were later assumed by the popes. The supreme pontiff of the Rome, thus Pergamum became the connecting link between the two Babylon, The ancient and the modern. The papal system is patterned after that of Babylonian, Babylonian Rome. This is another reason for the sentiment of Jesus that Pergamum was the place where Satan dwelleth. So really, the worship of the Chaldean during the time of Babylon is not dead. It's just been transformed to another image. And who is writing this? This is the early Adventist, Taylor G. Banti, who writes this. And why did he take this? He's taking to plate the very Roman historian who wrote a lot about the Roman Empire and the Roman papal system. Now... Not only does Paragamo create the meaning of power and exaltation, but it also indicates union through marriage. The Greek word gamos means marriage. During Paragamo period, the church was exalted to royal power and kingly authority. Through a union or marriage with the state, Satan had failed to crush the church and destroy Christianity. Wait. I jumped somewhere. Okay? through persecution, and he therefore changed his policy. Christianity has won in its great struggle with paganism. And Satan, it were, as it were, joined the church in order to ruin it from within through amalgamation with the world and union with the state. When Satan failed to accomplish his purpose through violence, he corrupted the church through world alliance. Rome boasted of her ability to assimilate anything that contributed to, the, to her strength. In the person of Constantine, the church mounted the throne of Caesar and reigned as queen. The church that was espoused as a chaste virgin to Christ was united in marriage to pagan Rome. The pagan period covers are about 250 years from the so-called conversion of Constantine to Justinian uh, the Great, whose decree made the popes the successor of the Caesars. The history tell us, here in Pergamon. you know what Constantine began? He just began something, and then he relinquished everything. You see, before here, Christians were murdered. Christians were murdered in their millions. They killed ten Christian. A thousand get converted. So, what finally they realize, because as I was reading uh, material, I got some material from my friend Ron about this Jesuit priest, uh, Alberto Rivera. And he said that he, they kill Christianity. They smash them. But even when they kill them, even the very soldiers who kill them finally become Christian. So, Satan saw it and he trembled. So, finally what he did, he married the two. If he can marry the two, the church and the state If I can fight them within will be better than fight them without Now During The Pergamal period The transition between pagan and Papal Rome took place And the church became the great city Which reigned over the kings of the earth Says speak Of the Pergamal period In which true faith more And more from view, d- disappeared from view Disappeared from view And the clericalism gradually formed itself into the system. And the church united with with the world. And Babylon began to rear itself aloft. Constantine was the human agent used by Satan to bring about the union of church and state. The historian Gibbon declared that the gratitude of the church has exalted the virtue and accused the falling and a generous patron who seated Christianity on the throne of Rome world. And the Greek who celebrated the festival of the imperious saints seldom mentioned the name of Constantine without adding the title of equal, equal to the apostle. As an outward evidence that the name and worship of Christ stood triumphed above the uh, prosthenic paganism, Constantine placed on his coin the labyrinth with the monogram of Jesus above that conquered dragon. You see, during this period, Paul won, apply. And his prophecies were fulfilled. Pagan belief and practice were brought into the church. And Christianity was so changed by changed by hidden influences that it eventually became baptized paganism. Was fulfilled and the church was established in the top of the mountain, or government of Rome. And above the hill, or smaller state where she dictated the law of the land and became so popular that all nations flowed into it. The Bishop of Rome assumed the title of the Pope when he became the Supreme Pontiff or Pontifex Maximo of the new semi pagan religion, controlling kings, dictating law to ancient monarchies and binding the soul of millions with a more perfect dispositism than the Oriental Emperor ever sought or dreamed. So, Because now Christianity was the flavor which went before the world. Many people joined paganism. Thinking is a good thing. Because the one who is mentioned there is Jesus Christ. And the cross became an emblem. Whereby everybody is carrying around it. But underneath was hidden an error. Which ruined souls of men. John Lord Beacon Light history, Isaiah prophecy will be, will again be fulfilled just before the end when the message to the church of Pergamum will again be applicable and it is meaningful. Now, we see that Pergamum, they had a connection with Egypt and in Egypt they had a biggest Alexandrian library, which the library in Pergamum was transferred to Alexandria. Now what happened? This structure is in many interesting places. But this particular one is in Rome. And it has a cross on top and is an obelisk. So, this thing, the lateran obelisk is an old kingdom monument began under Pharaoh that Moses the third. Which Pharaoh is that? the Pharaoh of Exodus. This Pharaoh of Exodus is the one who built this monument. Now how did it end up in the Vatican? And it, be, and it completed by his grandson Tatimothes IV. the fourth. During a period of relative peace and prosperity in Egypt 1, the obelisk currently the largest standing obelisk in the world, was erected at the temple of Amun in Karna and served as a rare example of the single-belly ski in the temple. So this temple which we see here was built by Tate Moses third, the Pharaoh of Exodus. He built this and he placed it in his temple of Amun that he was a sun worshipper. That's what it means. They put this in their temple showing that we are worshipping the sun and we revere the sun. That's what it is. But today, this thing is standing. In Rome. Now, the Obelisk was made around for, uh, 1400 BC in Cana, Egypt. During the reign of the pharaoh, the III and the IV. Roman Emperor Constantine II had it moved to Alexandria in the early 14th century AD. Then in 357, had it shipped to Rome and erected at the success Maximus, The Obelis collapsed sometime after the success abandonment in the 5th century and was buried under mud. It was dug up and restored in the late 1580s. And by the order of the Pope, success the 5th was topped with a Christian cross and installed in its present location near the lateral palace. So this thing was there and then Constantine after he was baptized, when he wanted to, to become a Christian, he had this thing shipped from Egypt all the way to Rome. So they had to build a ship. Put this thing in the ship. Put it in the Nile. Ship it through Nile. Put it in the Mediterranean Sea. And ship it to Rome. Why did he do this? You know, this thing. For himself and another of his father, neither were completed before his death. So, this temple, it was in in, in Amun. When it was completed, the Obelisk, now as the lateral Obelisk stood, which was the tallest one in Egypt, both it had both it and uh, the other obelisk, known as obelisk of Therese, were brought to Alexander over Nile by the obelisk ship. In the early 4th century, Constantine II, he tended to bring both Obelisk to the Constantinople, the new capital of the Roman Empire. The latter obelisk never made it. So really what Constantine did, he had this shift. Why did he have this shift? What Constantine was saying this, the Egyptian worship, which the Pharaoh used to do, I still embrace it today. That's what it is. Because this, this stuff were put before the temple of the paganism. That we worship the sun. We have nothing to do with Christianity. So here, it is that Constantine had it shipped to the Vatican. That the old ancient worship is still alive today, though he put the cross on top to make Christianity and paganism match together. You see, when Jesus says that that's where the Satan city is, Jesus means that the counterfeit system of religion, which will rob millions of their soul for eternal, because Christianity is been propagated as the game of the end, and the cross is being held while it really it destroys souls of men. Now, after the obelisk remained in Alexandria for a few decades, Constantine had shipped to Rome. We read it there. It was erected near the Egyptian obelisk called the Flamino, which had stood since 10 BC, where it was still by Augustus to decorate the spin of such Maximum map. There were both remain, uh, they, were, they both remain until after the fall in Western Roman Empire in the 15th century. Uh, the success Maximum was abandoned and they eventually broke or were taken down. They were eventually buried by mud and uh, deteriorated by a small stream over time. First person account have the Original Roman base of the monument still in such Maxima. In 1589, it contained a narrative of Constantine transport, raising and dedication of his father's obelisk inscribed on its four sides as a long epigram. Now, here, in this one, it shows that the obelisk really. The obelisk was topped with the cross and the pedestal was decorated with the inscription explaining it is Egyptian history and it is traveled to Alexander and Rome. Mention the baptism of Constantine the Great. Why? Because Constantine is the one who came with the idea of, you know, if we keep on fighting Christianity from outside we will not win. But if we we make it Christianity and paganism together. And we put the name of Jesus in the front. Finally people will follow. Because every human being. Who hear the name of Jesus Christ. He gets hope. So put this together. Finally we will get people. And we will have peace. So here really. That's where the issue started. And today. Now when this thing was transported over there. Finally it fell. Through times. But. Pope Success the Fifth, he wanted the obelisk to be restored, to be built again. And who should do that job? He commissioned this guy by the name of Domino Fontana. He was the engineer who built the Vatican Library. He commissioned him to build this thing over there, to build it. And he put it that when it fell down and it broke again, under death penalty. So after a discussion, Fontana, with his fellow engineer... If you check in the history, they use fonte witches. Uh, today we call what? Fonte cranes to lift up this thing up. To put it because it, 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 it weighs 230 tons. They put it uh, b- b- back there. And uh, they mention that this thing over there, they mention the baptism of Constantine. But really, what it means is that Constantine made the paganism and the Christianity together. So instead of fighting the church from outside, we fight it from within, and then we will win. There it is. You can see down there, Constantine. The base of the obelisk was er erected in 1588, and incorrectly claimed that it marked the location of Emperor Constantine's first baptism, although he was he was actually baptized just before he died. In 337. So what is there when people reach there? They are told, oh, is here because, you know, is Constantine baptism. But really what it is, is this that finally Christianity and paganism have joined hand together. We will not fight them from outside. We'll fight them from inside. Now, Pergamo had issues and they had union with Egyptian. Now, this guy here, Perennes in Rome, Roman emperor and a citizen, were also influenced by Egyptian religion and the ideologies. The adoption of certain astrological practices by Augustus and the other was one example that quickly became a part of Roman society. And culture. The cult of Isis was another particular prominent example dedicated to the worship of an Egyptian goddess with a strong tie to the kingship, rite of the dead, mourning, healing, and motherhood. Now, this Isis in Alexandria in the fourth century, Bishop of Alexandria openly christianized Isis to Mary. So that's how it is. So Isis who was worshipped in Alexandria before they destroyed the the library. Finally, Cyril, the Archbishop of Alexandria, changed Isis to Mary. So Mary who has been worshipped today is something else. That's why Jesus is very familiar when he says in Pergamon, that's where Saturn City is. Because while he put Christianity in front At the back is total paganism putting Jesus under feet and trample upon his law. Now, hidden hand in the Vatican because now cross is the prominent features. This bent crucifix is a sinister symbol used by Satanist in the 6th century. That had been revived at the time of the Vatican II. This was a bent or broken cross on which was displayed a repressive, distorted figure of Christ. Which the black magician and sorcerer of the Middle Ages had made use of, of to represent the biblical term, Mark of the Beast. Yet not only Paul uh, the Sixth, but his successor, the two John Pauls, carried the object. And had it up to be revered by crowns who had not the slightest idea that it stood for Antichrist. so Christianity is a game of the end while paganism is covered underneath so when you just say that pagan that's what Satan dweller today Christianity is everywhere but if you look carefully it is paganism hidden under a different name now we're gonna close with this chapter, The Great Controversy. The great adversary now endeavor to gain by artifice what he has failed to secure by force. Persecution cease. And in it is that we are substituted the dangerous allurement of the temporal prosperity and the world honor. Idolaters were led to receive a part of Christianity, Christians. Faith, while they rejected other essential truths. They professed to accept Jesus as the Son of God and to believe in his death and resurrection, but they had no conviction of sin and felt no need of repentance or of a change of heart. With some concession on their part, they proposed that Christians should make concession that all might unite on the platform of belief. In Christ. Now the church was in fearful peril. Prison, torture, fire, and sword were blessing in comparison with this. Some of the Christians stood firm, declaring that they could make no compromise. Others were in favor of yielding or modifying some features of their faith and uniting with those who had accepted a part of Christianity. Adding that this might be the means of their full conversion That was a time of deep anguish to the faith followers of Christ And a cloak of pretended Christianity Satan was insinuating himself into the church To corrupt their faith and turn their minds from the word of truth Most of the Christians at last consented to lower their standard Do you see that today? And a union was formed between Christianity and paganism. Although the worshiper of idol professed to be converted and unite with the church, they still clung to the idolatry. Only change the objective of their worship to images of Jesus. And even of Mary and the saints. The foul leave of idolatry thus brought into the church continue its believed. Unsound doctrine, superstition, right, and idolatrous ceremony were incorporated into her faith and worship. As the followers of Christ united with idolaters, the Christian religion became corrupted, and the church lost her purity and power. There were some, however, who were not misled by these delusions. Uh, delusions. They still maintained their fidelity to the author of truth and worship God alone. But, there is no union between the prince of light and the prince of darkness. And there can be no union between their followers. When Christians consented to unite with those who were but half converted from paganism, they entered upon a path which led farther and farther from the truth. Saturn exulted that he had succeeded in deceiving so large a number of the followers of Christ he then brought his power to bear more full upon these and inspire them to persecute those who remain true to God. None understood so well how to oppose the true Christianity faith as those who had once been its defenders. And these apostate Christians, united with their half-pagan companions, directed their warfare against the most essential features of the doctrine of Christ. It required a dis- despite struggle for those who will be faithful to stand firm against the deception and abominations. Which were disguised in dato garments and introduced into the church. The Bible was not accepted as the standard of faith. The doctrine of religious freedom was tamed heresy. And it is uphold were hated and prescribed. After a long and severe conflict, the faithful few decided to dissolve all union with the Apostles' Church if she still refused to free herself from falsehood and idolatry. They saw that separation was an absolute necessary if they would obey the Word of God. They dare not tolerate errors fatal to their own soul and set an example which will impair the faith of their children and children's children. To secure peace and unity, they were ready to make any concession consistent with fidelity to God. But they felt that even peace would be too dearly purchased at the sacrifice of principle. If unity could be secure only by compromise of truth and righteousness, then let there be different and even war. Well, that's the last quote. Well would it be for the church and the world if the principle that actuated those whose steadfast soul were revived in the hearts of God's professed people. There is alarming indifference in regard to the doctrine which are the pillars of the Christian faith. The opinion is gaining ground that, after all, these are not of vital importance. This degeneracy is strengthening the hands of the agenda of Satan, so that false theory and fatal delusion which the faithful ages pass in peril their lives to resist and expose are now regarded with favor by thousands who claim to be followers of Christ. Now, this is a base of what it is to today. And in the Church of Pergamon, there are two things you just say that that's where Satan's city is. And secondly, say you have people who are Bala, Balaam. He mentioned Balaam. Why is he mentioning Balaam? When I'll preach next time, I'll, I'll talk about Balaam. Why is Balaam mentioned? Because here, Balaam experience will be repeated before the coming of Jesus Christ. But what you see today, the counterfeit system which was started there satan started a grand system to ruin millions and millions of people let me tell you something before i close these people who are in these different churches many of them were looking for the truth they are misled many of them are longing to see the truth but sadly they are in the false system and it's very hard to differentiate because Jesus is mentioned in the front. And the cross is the game of the agenda. But what it is important is this that Jesus warns us to study the mystery of the seven churches. Because here, this will ruin the souls of men. Millions of people have been deceived. Because paganism has been closed by the clock of Christianity and what is running in front is Jesus. But really, in front, underneath, Jesus has been taken out. The Bible is put in on the ground. And what it goes before is the love of God. Well, Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandment. So the standard for Christianity, if really we love Jesus, is to keep his commandment. But here in this Pagamo system, Jesus is out of the question. As we ponder this thing, may God bless us. We are living in the time of difficulty. Everything appears like Christianity. Everything seems to be Christianity. But what is behind it is a lie. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.